Hi everyone, this is Peter from The World Game, a World Cup podcast. This episode is going to be a little bit different than all the other ones, and that's because this episode is a remembrance episode. Remembering Pele. Pele is one of the most important sports icons of all time. And notably, he's the most important World Cup player of all time, at least to me. And so... This episode will be a little different than my other episodes, but it's still really important, and I think it's crucial to talk about Pelé and what he meant and everything important associated with him and the sport and how the sport is forever grateful for him being in it. So let's get into it. Remembering Pelé. Pelé, the king of football. This episode will start with his international career and then move on to his club career, and then it'll go into some of his other achievements. Pelé came from a poor family, one that didn't make a lot of money in Brazil, just like, you know, a lot of families in South America at the time didn't really make a lot of money. And his father was a football player. Now, at the time, football players didn't really make very much money. Back then, the sports industry hadn't exactly boomed with these big giant salaries that we see today. And so his father ended up having his career shortened because of an injury. And for that reason, his mother was always against him playing football, but Pelé, of course, loved the sport and happened to be really good at it. Pelé was called up for the Brazilian national team at the age of 17 to go with them to the World Cup in Sweden. I mean, imagine that, a 17-year-old getting called up to the World Cup. And so he went to the World Cup. He ended up being injured before the tournament, and so he couldn't play in the first two games. And then he started in the third game and every other subsequent game after that. In his second game in the quarterfinals against Wales, Pelé scored the only goal for Brazil in their 1-0 victory. In the semifinals, he scored a hat-trick against France to knock them out of the tournament and send Brazil to their second World Cup final, and with a chance to win their first World Cup final. The reason why that was a really big deal at the time is because Brazil, let's just say the previous time they made the World Cup final, things didn't go very well for them. In 1950, Brazil hosted the World Cup, the first one since World War II. And Brazil were heavy favorites. And in that tournament, in the, it was kind of an unofficial final just because the, there wasn't like a real final in that tournament. It was a group stage, and this was like the last game of the group stage. Whoever won, won the trophy. And so Brazil came into this game, heavy favorites, against Uruguay on home soil, and they expected to be champions. They weren't. Uruguay defeated Brazil in this game, and it's still to date probably the most tragic loss in Brazilian football history. And people were crying, leaving the stadiums. People were distraught. It was such a big shock, such a big upset. And Pelé, as a you know little kid, he remembers this was the first time he ever saw his father cry. And he saw his father crying after Brazil lost. They listened to the game on the radio. And then he proceeded to go ahead and tell his father that, don't worry, Dad, I'm going to win the World Cup for Brazil one day. 
that's not an exact quote i'm more paraphrasing that but like that's basically what he said imagine that little kid you know it's kind of sweet right they're it's just like oh well you know i'm trying to cheer up my parent my parent is feeling sad and so you know i'm gonna win the world cup for you dad no one actually thinks they're gonna get a chance to do it though i mean the chance of you becoming a professional athlete is really small but here he is 17 eight years since the 1950 final and he has a chance to do what he said when he was just a little kid and so Brazil was playing Sweden in this World Cup final. Sweden were the heavy favorites. Sweden were the hosts. Uh, it's funny, yeah, a lot of the time the host ends up being the favorite and, you know, they don't always win. But Sweden were the hosts, and Sweden actually went up in this game, one nothing. Brazil were able to bounce back and get a couple goals to have the lead 2-1. to one. And that's when this little 17-year-old produced a moment for the ages and probably the best World Cup final goal in history. Although you could argue that, that he was involved in another one of the greatest World Cup final goals in history. So what happens is he basically juggles the ball over the Swedish defender, and while the ball is still in the air, he hits it on the volley right into the bottom corner, and it's one of the greatest World Cup goals of all time. And it was a brilliant, brilliant display of technical ability of technical finishing and people stood up and cheered people stood up and cheered for this 17 year old and they had never seen anybody like him nobody nobody before looked like this guy Pelé scored another goal in this World Cup final it was the fifth goal the it's you know they were winning four to two at this point but he scored a header and Brazil won a few minutes later, the final whistle went, and they had their first World Cup victory, in large part thanks to this 17-year-old who made the team a few months ago. I mean, that's in itself a pretty darn great story. And so Pelé went back to Brazil, basically embodiment of a living god. And you know, there was no real reason to damper that hype or damper those thoughts people had about him because he continued to excel in a way that had never been seen in this sport before. Pelé was dazzling in his highlights. He was mesmerizing in his movements. He was breathtaking to watch in person. If you read the quotes, if you listen to the stories of people that watched him play live, I mean, there was nothing like it. There was absolutely nothing like it. And that's a testament to how revolutionary, but also how brilliant this player was and how brilliant Pelé was for the sport and for football just in general. So moving on with his international career, in 1959, this was the only year he played in the Copa America. Brazil sort of has a complicated history with the Copa America, but he played one Copa America in his career in 1959. Unfortunately, Brazil didn't win this tournament. However, Pelé was named the player of the tournament. He scored eight goals in seven games. And in that tournament, they had a group stage to determine the winner. And the unofficial final was between Argentina and Brazil. The game finished 1-1. Pelé scored the only goal for Brazil in that game. Unfortunately, 
his team ended up losing out on the points in the table. But this player, this icon, he certainly did what he could. And he absolutely stepped up for Brazil in every single big game they pretty much ever had internationally. So then we move on to 1962. By this point, Pelé is widely considered the best player in the world, and in fact, he probably has been for at least a few years. And so the 1962 World Cup was supposed to be Pelé in his prime, and this was the first chance that we would get to see him. And for the first two games he played, it looked exactly like that. He was breathtaking, he was mesmerizing, he was all of the adjectives I've already used to describe him. Unfortunately, he got injured. And so Pelé was not able to finish out this World Cup. But he had a teammate of his, a teammate by the name of Garincha. Garincha, in my opinion, is one of the most underappreciated players in football history. Garincha took this Brazilian team, which was still pretty good, but he became the best player. He became the leader for this team because the best player, Pelé, got hurt. And so he took them and led them all the way to a World Cup title. And Brazil were back-to-back World Cup champions. So, you know, maybe not Pelé's finest moment, but certainly, at least in Brazilian folklore, they, Brazil had become a football nation. Brazil's football had become part of their identity. Football had become Brazil in a lot of ways during this era. And in 1966, they had a chance to do a three-peat. Unfortunately, in this World Cup, Pelé got injured again. And this time, largely due to very excessive heavy fouling committed in the two games that he did play in this tournament, and Brazil were eliminated in the group stages. So then we have the 1970 World Cup. After the 1966, Pele did briefly retire, but then he was convinced to come back. And so then we have the 1970 World Cup. So by this point, it had been 12 years since Pele was the 17-year-old scoring in the final and leading Brazil to victory. So reasonably, there were some questions about him. There were questions to be asked. And ones that he was determined to answer. And he answered emphatically. In 1970, he had a tournament for the ages. Pelé led probably the greatest team of all time. He scored four goals in this tournament and assisted six. These six assists, by the way, is a tournament record, has not been broken by anybody since. In the World Cup final, Brazil played Italy. And at the time, it was considered maybe the biggest match of all time. Because Italy, two-time World Cup champions in 1934 and 1938, faced off against Brazil, champions of 1958 and 1962. The winner would be the first three-time champion of the World Cup. And the original World Cup trophy, called the Jules Rimet Trophy, would be permanently kept by the country that won the third title. Think about that. The first ever World Cup trophy was literally on the line here. Your country would get all-time bragging rights if they won this game. This is, I'm not exaggerating here, and it might be hard for people my age to understand this, but the 1970 World Cup final was quite literally one of the biggest games ever 
the history, the stakes, the storylines, and everything else that went into it. And so this game kicked off. And of course, it had to be him. Pelé opened the scoring with a header to put Brazil up 1-0. Italy would equalize in this game, though. But of course, this Brazilian team was legendary. And they dismantled the Italian team after they conceded the goal. And so 1-1 quickly became 2-1 for Brazil. And then it became 3-1. And then there's the fourth goal. The fourth goal I can only describe as an artist painting their perfect picture. A sculptor sculpting their perfect sculpture. I can only describe this as the beautiful game in every single way possible. This goal was a team goal for Brazil. The passes were crisp. The movement was on point. The playmaking and then the finish. All you can do is stand up and cheer. Pelé ended up getting the ball and laying it off for Carlos Alberto to the end play of this sequence. And Carlos Alberto smashed it in. It was Pelé's second assist of this game. And Brazil scoring one of the great goals of the World Cup. And a perfect way to cap off the dazzling, thrilling 1970 World Cup. The 1970 World Cup was the first one ever broadcast in color. And Brazil will forever be associated with this World Cup because what they did was nothing short of remarkable. And Pelé was the best player on the team. He was the leader on the team. And some of the stuff he did was unbelievable. And so Brazil had their third title and got to permanently keep the Jules Rimet trophy. They would end up losing it later on, but that's a that's a story for another time about how the Jules Rimet trophy sort of got stolen a couple times. And then, you know, it hasn't actually been found since Brazil lost it. But anyways, at the time, though, this made Pelé's legacy untouchable. It made him the king. It made him a god around the world and not just in Brazil. The 1970 World Cup, this was the World Cup that pretty much everyone watched. This was the World Cup in color. This was the World Cup where you saw the beautiful game in every sense of the word. Pelé's performance in the 1970 tournament is all-time legendary. And if you want a quote from that tournament, I love this one. So, Bernschnitsch, and I probably just butchered the pronunciation, I apologize for that. He's a defender on the Italian team that played Brazil in the World Cup final. He was the man tasked with guarding Pelé. And so, this is his quote. Quote, I told myself before the game, he's made of skin and bones, just like everyone else. But I was wrong. End quote. Powerful stuff. And it perfectly sums up the way people felt about Pelé following the 1970 World Cup. Of course, the 1970 World Cup was not the only thing he achieved in his career because he also achieved 
you know, quite a few things at the club level as well. And so I'm going to go through some of those now. At club level, Pele made Santos, the club he played for, as a 15-year-old. And at 16, he made his professional debut. And then, of course, at 17, he ended up making the national team debut. And so Pele, he accomplished a lot for his club. And he won the Campeonato Brasileiro Serie A six times. He won the Copa Libertadores two times. He won the Intercontinental Cup two times. It could have been more, but Santos ended up not participating in some of the later tournaments in the late 60s for fear of their biggest players getting injured because the fields at the time weren't exactly pristine. In fact, you could call them pretty bad at the time, and the you know teams didn't really want to, or at least Santos in any case, didn't want to deal with that because they didn't want to risk injuries and all these other things, not to mention, like, South American football has a lot of, let's call it questionable fan behavior as well. So, yeah, he won the Intercontinental Cup twice, and in those, it was the champion of South America versus the champion of Europe. He beat Eusebio's Benfica, scoring five goals in two games. Um, his team also beat Milan. He scored two goals in the one game he was able to play against Milan away from home. He was injured for the other two games. And then Pelé also won the Intercontinental Super Cup with Santos. He won the Campeonato Paulista a whole bunch of times and the Torneo Rio Sao Paulo uh, four times. So it's a pretty impressive list of accomplishments. He also won a couple things with the New York Cosmos, which was a little bit later in his career, but I'm going to talk more about the Cosmos stuff a little bit later. So for Santos, Pelé scored an absurd amount of goals. And until recently with Lionel Messi, it was the most goals ever for one club in the history of the sport. And I mean, that tells you a lot about that record holding up for that long, but also just what he meant to their team. And of course, he did this in far fewer games than Lionel Messi did, for example, as well. But this isn't a talk about Messi. This is a talk about Pelé. So those are some of his club achievements, married with the international achievements. Pelé was also named a national treasure in Brazil, and so they literally just didn't let him leave the country for a long time. The reason he ended up going to New York Cosmos at the end was because he actually needed money. So he went to the U.S. because he got a bunch of money and was able to get out of his national treasure status in the sense that he was able to go play in the United States for about three years with the New York Cosmos. So in addition to everything he accomplished as a footballer, I want to get into the big legacy stuff because I think this is really important and this is really where Pelé, I think, you know, how he will be remembered. And I think it's in a very positive way because of what he really meant for the sport and what he meant as a sporting icon. So Pelé's legacy means a lot to football. He was the first true global celebrity for the sport. And speaking of the New York Cosmos, he was very largely responsible for a lot of the growth that happens in the United States. The NASL, the North American Soccer League, that was the precursor 
for the United States having their own World Cup in 94, and later the MLS, which is now thriving and successful. So the, NA the NASL didn't work for a lot of reasons, but Pelé was a big reason why a lot of people even got into soccer, why people even showed up and even cared a little bit about soccer. He's the reason a lot of Americans even knew what soccer was. I use the word soccer because, of course, for the United States and Canada, it's a little bit different, but, you know, it's the same difference. Like, he inspired so many people to, to look at the sport and to give the sport a chance and to pick up, a, pick up a ball, pick up a football, pick up a soccer ball, and go kick the ball around and go have some fun and really appreciate what this sport means. And so Pelé was a revolutionary. He revolutionized the sport, helping football evolve from something that before his time, you could argue resembled something more like rugby, where it was a lot of physicality, a lot of tackling, and there wasn't a lot of expressive flair, a lot of expressive movement, and a lot of expressive goal scoring. But Brazil and Pelé specifically helped change a lot of that. And they embodied Joga Bonito, also known as the beautiful game. Pelé was also really important, though, being a global celebrity who was black. He was a black sports global celebrity. And that really, really matters as well. Because, and there's this really great article, so this is from Andrew Jones on The Undefeated. So Andrew Jones has a really good article about this, and so I'm going to read just from his article really quickly. So, quote, the epitome of black grace in soccer was Pelé. There could have easily been a permanent bitterness exhibited from him after all the anti-black racism given to him from white Brazilians in his early days with the national team. That heinous behavior that he had to endure could have depressed him and prevented billions from cherishing him around the world for over a half century. It could have halted the growing wave of, of black Brazilians coming up after his dazzling displays to create their own incredible moments in reverence to him. With no Pelé, there is no Romario. No Pelé, there's no Ronaldo. No Pelé, no Rivaldo. No Pelé, no Roberto Carlos. No Pelé, no Cafu. No Pelé, no Ronaldinho. No Pelé, no Neymar. No Pelé, no Vinicius Jr. It's why after Brazil's recent round of 16 win at the 2022 World Cup, a banner wishing for his recovery was held by the whole team. End quote. It's really important. It's really important. He helped break down a lot of stigmas associated with black athletes, and he really did pave the way for a lot of black Brazilians that were being overlooked. And the reasons they were being overlooked, see racism, see colonialism, and all those other really horrible historical things that we don't need to get into in this episode of the podcast, but they are true things to the history of the world. And that's the thing. Pelé was never, he was never like a human rights icon the way Muhammad Ali was. But more than anything, he was a really great example, and he was a great showcase that, you know, it was okay to be black. And it was okay to be a celebrity. And it was okay to be a global celebrity. And it was okay to, you know, embrace your skin color and not 
have it be something that you're ashamed of. See Michael Jackson, among other examples. So that's, that's really where I think a big part of his legacy comes in as well and what he meant to the world. And speaking of Neymar, he had a tremendous quote following Pele's passing. Quote, before Pele, 10 was just a number. I've read this phrase somewhere at some point in my life. But this sentence, beautiful, is incomplete. I would say before Pelé, football was just a sport. Pelé has changed it all. He turned football into art, into entertainment. He gave voice to the poor, to the blacks, and especially, he gave visibility to Brazil. Football and Brazil have raised their status thanks to the king. He's gone, but his magic remains. Pelé is forever. End quote. I thought that was really good from Neymar. And so, to wrap this all up, I might not have been alive to watch Pele, but I've certainly tried to watch as many of his games as I can, and I've watched a whole bunch of documentaries, I've read his, audio, his autobiography, like, I, I've done my research on this, and it's because I love the history of this sport, and Pele is such a big part of that history. And obviously, with what he did at the World Cup, you know, he's a big part of the World Cup as well. And so, to end this episode, while I maybe wasn't alive to see him when he was playing, I've watched as much as I can. And he was absolutely revolutionary for his time. And Pele, in my opinion, is the greatest player of all time. If others don't share that opinion, that is okay. But that's just the way I feel. And Pele will be missed. His legacy touched billions of people around the world, and especially in Brazil. He is truly one of the great sporting icons of all time. Long live the king. Thanks for listening. <laughs>